0: This week's special guest.
1: Back to the point of shot blocked. Another shot red and blocked.
0: Another chance. Game over. Game over. Bless you, boys. What a game. Joe Bowen, the incredible voice of the Toronto Maple Police since 1982. Joe Tilly's great Canadian sports show. Coming on. Welcome to the program. We're very excited about this week's exciting guest. He is a native of Sudbury, played for the Copper Cliff Reds, graduate of University of Windsor, former play-by-play voice for the Sudbury Wolves, former play-by-play voice for the Nova Scotia Voyageurs, former play-by-play voice for the Toronto Rock, and the current play-by-play voice for the Toronto Maple Leafs since 1982. Ladies and gentlemen, the one the only, Joe Bowen. Bonesy, great to have you here. Yeah, so you got the right music playing there too, Joey. Uh, huge, huge fan of the
1: Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. It's, uh, we don't see each other as often as we should, Joey, that's
0: for sure. I know times they are a-changing, Joe, but that's, uh, that's the way in the world is, not it? But uh, listen, I want to I talk. We like to begin at the beginning, and I want to talk about that Cliff Jr. team uh, you guys won the uh, Northern Ontario Championship. Uh, what sticks out for you from that experience with the uh, Coppercliffe Juniors?
1: Well, uh, they were we had a great team, uh, a, a bunch of really good kids that were out from Copper Cliff. my I got to play for them because my dad was a member of the Coppercliffe Athletic Association, although I lived in Sudbury, so I wasn't in their jurisdiction but I played all of my minor hockey in Coppercliff and I got a waiver of some sort that allowed me to play for uh, uh, the midget team and uh, it was really special. And one of the, we, we had a number of great players, um, Warren Anderson, who played for Tom Watt at the University of Toronto and also played a little bit of international hockey. Uh, Ivan McFarlane, who was another really, really good player and a very good friend of mine, Ted Scarf. And i don't know if you know this name but he was very uh, big in the real estate uh area down in kitchener played in the world hockey association a little bit but ted scarf has been uh, on and off on a number of occasions the president of the kitchener rangers hockey association which is of course a community-owned team down in kitchener as far as the ontario hockey league is concerned and a, a dear friend of mine and a, just a, a really tremendous individual that has done a lot uh, for the community of Kitchener-Waterloo.
0: Well, you know what? Taki does a lot us to make those lifelong friendships, doesn't it? And, and it's an amazing thing. Uh, I just remember you were, you were a good goaltender. I remember, like, uh, playing... Oh, no, 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 Joey. Joey, first <laughs> off, first <laughs> off. If we're going to be shoveling manure here, there is really no
1: need... <laughs> There is no need to get into this because too many people are going to say, that guy doesn't know what the <laughs> hell he's talking
0: about. Uh, no, well, uh, <laughs> I'm i, I I've, I've going right over what I know, Joe. And I remember playing those media games years ago. And I remember I used to spend a lot of time in front of the net. I never spent any time in front of my net. I, d- I never was introduced <laughs> to my goaltender, But I used to hang around a lot in front of you and we were playing against you. And uh, you stole me so many times. I mean, I got so frustrated. You were quick. It was I score. should have. I should have played
1: you more often. Then I will tell you <laughs> what. I still. I still play, uh, and I enjoy playing goal. Um, my knees and hips have uh, kind of held out, but on Tuesday, I'm. I'm just bending over to tie a strap on one of my pads and my back seized up, and I'm down nose first in the dressing room. I can't move. The guys are concerned. They think they're going to have to phone an ambulance. They get some ice packs on me. In fact, I've got one on my back right now doing this show, uh, trying to get my back spasms to kind of quiet down, and I haven't had a bout of this in 24 years, so maybe someone's telling me that why don't you just play golf and not worry about this. (laughs)
0: It can't be that we're getting old, Joe, can it? It can't be that. No,
1: no, 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 I
0: didn't say that, Joe. I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, who was your, who is your uh, okay, you, how did you get into broadcasting and who was your, your impetus? Who was the guy that you listened to or watched and thought, well, I want to be like that guy?
1: Well, you know, uh, growing up in Sudbury, we, we got the split uh, from CBC. One week we got the Leaf games. The next week, we got the Montreal canadian games, and of course, listening to Foster and Bill, you—I uh, was a Leaf fan. My dad was a Leaf fan, and then on would come this guy Danny Galavan, and we hated his guts because, after all, it was the Montreal <laughs>
0: Canadiens.
1: And I got to meet Danny later. Um, actually, the first time was when I was in Nova Scotia doing the Voyageurs, and he was at a, a, a sports celebrity dinner. You couldn't have met a finer gentleman and a nicer man, and. When I decided to get into this industry, you listen to him and realize, you know what? That's the best. And he still is. And everyone who has followed suit uh, is down the list. And I know I'm way down the list when you compare uh, us to Danny Gallivan. But there were a lot of great broadcasters. Uh, Lloyd Pettit in Chicago did the game completely different. I loved Ray Scott and his very quiet and unassuming way first and 10 at the green bay (laughs) so you 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 try to incorporate i suppose some of them but uh, as you know joey you gotta you gotta be you you gotta develop your own style and if you try to imitate someone or or copy someone then that's what it's going to be it's going to be a really poor imitation and so anytime i talk to kids about doing this. I said, do you have a personality? Do you, do you like humor? Do you, do you laugh? Do you have other things? that go Well, then you know what? You've got to incorporate that into what you're doing. And, and, and uh, a, a dear friend of mine that I worked with in Sudbury doing morning radio by the name of Mike Cranston was also a, a great mentor. And he just simply said, don't be afraid of the microphone and don't be afraid of being you. And I think that's, that's pretty good advice.
0: Oh, yeah. We learned so many valuable lessons on the way up. You know, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I remember Pat Marsden when he hired me, you know, and, and one of the things he said is, remember, Joe, you call me Swiss, remember Swiss, you meet the same people on the way up as you do on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mars, very Mars, important was, lesson.
1: Mars was very special. I got, ran into him yeah. a few times at beverage houses every once in a while.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, well, yeah, yeah. I think that's why we got along so well. I used to, we used to play pretty uh-huh. good together. So, uh, what did you always know, like, like from day one, Joe Bowen is going to be a play-by-play guy? Is that what? That, like, no, that was always no, going to be already, your thing. I would alluded to how good I was
1: at playing goal. I was going to replace John Bauer. <laughs> that was it. There were there were only six jobs really, because every the each team had one goalie to play all the time. I was going to replace John Bauer. And then in high school, I had a rather bad outing and uh, a poison pen member of the Fifth Estate carved me a new behind in the newspaper, which just destroyed me. Uh, and I thought, well, maybe I won't be going that route. And uh, wouldn't it be nice maybe to stay in the in the the mix? And so um, that's sort of when I started thinking about getting into the broadcasting thing. And I did, I, uh, I went to the University of Windsor. My dad had passed away um, just before I went into high school and his dream or re- request, if, if nothing else, in his legacy was that I get a university education. So that glorified high school called Ryerson uh, was not going to be part of my uh, upbringing. So we went to the <laughs> University of Windsor in order to get a uh, communication arts degree and i went down there and did a lot of the the student radio station um their their program down there um the basketball team under dr paul thomas was outstanding and went to the national finals uh two of the three years that i was down there so uh, i got to do those games and travel a little bit and get the ridiculous amount of 25 dollars a game
0: you got paid Was it CG and
1: yeah? It was in the era where there weren't interns, where they do all the work and don't get paid. When you did a job
0: back then, you did get paid, not a hell of a lot, but you got to go. Well, how many guys? I mean, I my first gig was campus radio. How many guys start out at campus radio? That's kind of everybody starts out, I think, at campus radio at at some time or another.
1: But it's a great opportunity to, to make mistakes, to be your own worst critic. Uh, what what can I do to improve? And uh, so we did a lot of basketball, but we did a few hockey games, not a lot, but uh, and and football as well. Um, so when I when I came home, um, the biggest break I got, Joey, really, was that my dad's best friend was a gentleman by the name of uh, Bill Plant. and he owned uh, he was big in the uh, lumber business and whatnot, but he owned the first privately owned television station in Canada which was CKSO TV in Sudbury. And they also had a radio station. And um, because of my dad's uh, friendship with Bill, uh, I was able to go back there and work, actually work in the industry uh, during the summer and got got the real wake up call that, you know what, this project that I'm working at at university that they're giving me like three weeks to do, you have a half hour when it's in real life to get this thing done and get it on the damn air so it was a wake-up call to that but it also gave me an opportunity when i went home mr plant hired me to uh be in the promotion department um and i did uh, i i volunteered then while moving around in the building to help out in sports and uh, bill catalano who was doing the subway wolves games ended up moving to cbc radio and i walked down the hall and i said mr plant i think i can do this i'd like to audition he said no i've heard you you can you you start doing the Sudbury wolves games and he was he wow. was part owner of the Sudbury wolves which helped too so if i have, to, <laughs> I, have to, I have to i really have to thank uh, mr plant for that
0: that's a fabulous story and then from there you went on to nova scotia but Tell me about uh, that minor league experience and how important that was for you to, uh, you know, to to get to the big leagues and and to uh, mold your career the way it's unfolded.
1: And and Joey, maybe because times have changed and everything else, uh, it's it's one of my pet peeves. We seem to just hand people jobs now for various reasons or whatever. Um, People aren't Forced, if that's the word, or required, to learn their trade. wide in the bus. I mean, I rode the bus for seven years with the Sudbury Wolves and three years in the American Hockey League before I even got a chance to do National Hockey League games. And uh, I'm glad that's the way we had to do it. Uh, I, I I scratch my head sometimes and think, Wow, we're we're really um, you know we getting people into positions sometimes that I don't think that they're quite ready for, but it's, it's very much fast track now that wasn't back then. But uh, it, it was a great time. Uh, you got to meet some wonderful people uh, in the hockey community, and uh, it was something that I'll never forget, that's for sure.
0: Well everybody used to say to me, you gotta pay your dues. I'd ask anybody, any any sports caster, I'd call them up and say, What do I need to do to get it? You gotta pay your dues, gotta pay your dues. So, you know, it's red deer and the left bridge, and <laughs> we pay our dues oh, the way we gotta pay we got our to, dues. We got to see uh, a lot of Canada, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Exactly. But it's we, you know, it's truly Canadiana for sure. You gotta start in those those uh, well back then you had to start in those places and uh Now a lot of those places don't even exist. It's, uh, wow, it's crazy. But um, so how how did you land the gig with the Leafs? How did that come about
1: Well, that's kind of a funny story, and I'll have to clean it up uh, a little bit for you. (laughs) Um, Alan Davis, who uh, later became the head of uh, uh, telemedia sports and was the first program director of the first all-sports radio station in Canada, which was The Fan. But before that, he was working with me in Halifax, a young lady that he ended up marrying had moved uh, to Toronto. And so uh, Alan was chasing her skirt and off he went to Toronto and started working at uh, CKFH, which was Foster Hewitt's old station, which was the Telemedia uh, station as well. And Ron Hewitt, who was doing the radio games, no relation to Foster Bill, spelled his name differently, decided he was going to go into sales which was probably a brilliant move because he made a hell of a <laughs> lot more money than we did doing yeah, broadcasting. Yeah. But Alan sent me a note, said that they're looking for somebody to do the Leaf games, send your uh, resume and tape in. And I had sent them around to all of the various teams. I still have a scrapbook with some very nice letters from general managers, including one from Cliff Fletcher of the Atlanta uh, Flames uh, telling me that they'll keep my stuff on, uh, on file. But I sent it in and then I didn't hear anything after the season, and I um, went out and bought a house in Halifax because we loved it out there. That was Mm -hmm. on 22 points on the dollar at that point. Never mind what interest rates are now, Mr. Tilly. 22 (laughs) points on the dollar. I own a house in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, and on Wednesday my bank manager calls me and tells me everything's ready to go. We can close. Everything's uh, uh, right, right ready to be signed. Thursday morning, I come back from doing the morning uh, radio show with my friend, Mike Cranston, and the phone rings. And it's, uh, hi, this is Len Bramson, president of Telemedia Sports. We've been listening to your audition tape. We would like you to fly in this weekend and do the exhibition game with the Leafs and the Oilers as an opportunity to uh, get the job here in Toronto. I thought it was Alan Davis. And I went on about you, ask Bob, I a house here, Alan. I don't need all of this, ba Bob, 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 fooling around? And then there's this dull, quiet. And then Len says, "No, this isn't Alan Davis. This is Len Bramson, and I'm offering you an opportunity here." I now I'm going. I'm like Ralph Cramden. Now I'm apologizing as fast as I can. And if I'd had a knife, I'd have probably slipped my wrist because you've just blown the big opportunity that you have. So we had a bit of a chuckle. And he said, all right, I'm going to phone you back in 10 minutes when we get the flight organized. And I hung up the phone and I just thought, my God, you've blown it. This is your one chance and you've blown it. And five minutes later, Lynn calls me back and says, Joe, that was the most unique uh, conversation (laughs) I had with anyone who I was offering a job to. We've listened to your tape again. We don't need the audition. You have the job. Fly in and sign the contract. And so I'm living proof that you can tell your prospective uh, boss to go fly a kite and still get the job, Joe. Now, I wouldn't recommend it doing it a lot, <laughs> but this one works.
0: You know, you're lucky to get away with it. But, uh, hey, listen, uh, we had Sean Thornton on the show uh, a while back, and, and Sean did the same kind of thing. When Bill Waters called him to tell him he'd be drafted, because Sean was, like, not expecting to I mean, You know, he was a tough guy playing for yeah. Peterborough yeah. in the OHL, and uh, you know, but he was not expecting. He, he, was, he was 100% sure it was a buddy of his, and so he told him to F off.
1: So yeah. Bill Waters yeah.
0: called him back Back and he said, Sean, uh, this really is Bill Waters. And he said, really? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry How's about ridiculous. that. How's your name?
1: Oh, good. It, thank you. <laughs> Say hi to the wife and kids. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So that's not a, not a great, way, great, great way to start. But obviously they, they liked your work because uh, October 6, 1982. Uh, you you got the gig with the Leafs. That was your first o- opening night. And we have some uh, video we, we uh, pulled off from uh, our Paul uh, Paul Pasco puts this stuff together. Uh, tell me, uh, where did the Holy Mackinac originate? Did that come before? Oh, uh, God, look at that picture. On... Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, well,
1: Joey, um, as I mentioned, my dad my dad passed away uh, just before I went into high school, but he was a I'm an avid sports fan, a huge Leaf fan, and a tremendous uh, Toronto Maple Leaf fan. And I got that from him and my love of sports. Um, And I would be sitting on my dad's lap, and we'd be watching Hockey Night in Canada. And my dad played goal for the University of Western. And so he was a goalie. I was starting out as a goalie. And we would sit, and Johnny Bauer would make a great save, and my dad would blurt out. Holy mackinac, what a great save by Johnny. And I never thought much about it. Um, no, it was just his little idiosyncrasy and, and whatnot. And I never used it to, in junior hockey. I never used it in the American Hockey League. And it wasn't until Bill Waters was doing color with me. So that's at least five years into the NHL. And we were I remember it vi- vividly because we were in the Chicago Stadium, which is still my favorite rink who have ever done a game in. And Felix Potvin made a great save. And I blurted out, holy mackinac, what a save by Felix Potvin. And I might, may not have ever used it again. I don't know. But I looked over and Wilbur was on the floor laughing. <laughs> and, I thought, you know what? And, and here's this idea that I keep telling you know, prospective broadcasters. Enjoy your personality. If you can do stuff. So when I got him to react like that, I said, you yeah, know, what the hell? Why don't we use it again? And so we did, and we didn't do it a lot. But it wasn't something that I planned that I had to have one or two of these in a game or anything. Um, but it sort of caught on. People seemed to like it, so I kept doing it. Um, and then to add to it a little bit, I suppose, um, my son, Sean, who just celebrated his uh, 32nd birthday yesterday. Uh, when hey, he was happy a- birthday. Thank you. Uh, When he was a year old, he had leukemia, and we were scared to death that we were going to lose him. We didn't know anything about it, but the great people at the Hospital for Sick Kids um, coached us through it and got him through it, and so uh, I hooked up with the uh, union, UFCW, who had a big campaign across Canada with all of their outlets raising funds for leukemia research, and we made up Holy Mackinac T-shirts, and we sold those so Twitter's a wonderful thing and people keep sending them pictures of these ratty old looking t-shirts now that have holy Mackinac across them but uh that's where it started and uh and we've kind of incorporated it as uh as we go on hey there was a couple of seasons here just past when the Leafs weren't very good that I probably didn't use it at all but uh it's been a little more uh active these last couple of years and Certainly looking forward to maybe having a few in this postseason with uh, Matthews and Marner and Tavares and company ready to go.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. But, you know, it, it does come out. It comes so so naturally. It just flows. And it's just, yeah, I'd be disappointed if I listened to a broadcast and, and the Holy Mackinac didn't come out at, at some point. Uh, but it's brilliant. And it's a lot of people were asking me more Holy Mackinac. Of course. Uh, now. Um, We do have some video from from the old days. Uh, Vic, if we can roll some of those clips, we want to watch some of this stuff.
1: ...the game! Hainsey keeps it in. Tried to get it in front of it, and the backhand scores! Mitchell Barter! And the Maple Leafs are not going to have a goalie interference on this one. 2-1 Toronto! Bruins back. Great save by Brown! Cleared by and down the ice! Near side, pass to the other side. Across comes Anderson to make a save on Krejci. Prove shooting. Anderson has it underneath him. Holly McIntyre is an amazing bit of work as Burner escapes the penalty box. Long shot, blockered. There goes last to the bench. Empty net. Leafs get it out in center to the line. Here's Pekaric
0: scores. so there you go that's that's just some that wasn't old action that was new action. The, uh, you, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't believe, is, you wouldn't believe
1: you wouldn't believe joy that i'm the poster child for valium would you
0: <laughs> well joe you get excited about your job you know and that you talk about that holy mackinac thing and it's it's it those are the things that people remember about you i like when i started doing my sports coming up you know and and uh I remember Lloyd Robertson, uh, he said, Joe, I love that. Because you remember Lloyd's his sign-off was, yes. that's the way it's been for this April 29th, April 30th, 2022. For all of us here at CTV News, I'm Lloyd Robertson. Good night. He had his right. sign-off. Was, yep. you know, and that's yep. when he said, that's what people are going to remember you by. And, and, that's, that's, and right. that's the thing, eh? Yep. You got yep. to have the, your shtick. Yeah, but
1: it has to come natural. Right. It can't be something it really can't be something contrived i don't think joey because then it sounds that way you know it just happened and then hey you know people like to. all right well i'll i'll keep doing it but it's not like okay i have to have something what can i do i mean it that that's going to sound contrived and and uh again i that's something that i i, I strongly disagree with and uh but that's, uh, uh, some people are, are, are bound and determined to do that, I suppose. But I really think that it has to be something spontaneous.
0: What's, uh, what would you say was uh, going back? I mean, you go back as far as you want. But Did you ever have that call that you, you wanted back? What was the most embarrassing call you ever made? Uh, well, unfortunately,
1: it's, it's been <laughs> recently because we're, we're stuck now uh, with COVID and COVID. Uh, uh, the new way of doing things, of not traveling, and doing games off monitors, and it it's so much more difficult to do uh, because you don't see the full uh, spectrum of what you're trying to broadcast. And um, you know, we there was a a goal the other night where there was a, a pass across from the the left hash marks to the right hand side. Where Austin Matthews is always there, left-handed shot, one timer. And as the puck came across, I saw an A on the jersey and a four. And the goal was scored. Man, it was Austin Matthews uh, until it was right. Morgan Riley. <laughs> and, you know, and and you know, and I it was the big one of the big Austin Matthews goals where I'm going blah 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 blah. Oh excuse me, no, that was Morgan Riley. I mean, and it, 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 you, you hate something like that to happen, but unfortunately we're in a, a whole different way of doing things, uh, I I guess I'm too old school. I, I don't agree with it, but that's what we are stuck with. Um, and uh, we'll continue doing it, I guess, until uh, such time, but it is that's frustrating and the other night we had a technical glitch where they gave us a locked wide angle shot from florida from the corner of the arena so you saw the entire rink and the players were little wee (laughs) and it was locked and so you saw everybody go up that way and then 10 people coming back this way some with Colored jerseys on the leafs with what but you you had no idea who it was and you couldn't see the puck didn't know who had the puck and so the technicians are desperately trying to do things so i'm trying to do what you do you're filling right you're trying to and all of a sudden then the button they press a button and up comes a soccer game so now i'm broadcasting a soccer game I i don't even know who was playing but the green guys look good and um, then, we, then we finally got the feedback that we were, so you're, you know, you're, you're, you're really at the whim of what's going on and the technical stuff that goes on, but it's, uh, you you don't know what to do. I mean, I, I think in, in future, I'm just going to say, don't adjust your sets. We've got technical difficulties, but there's not a hell of a lot I can do. about it.
0: No, there isn't. Uh, it, I can't remember who was, uh, but, you know, everybody makes those calls when, you when you know, stuff happens. but uh not I can't remember. who What's the name of the guy who does the Yankees broadcast? The other day he, oh, had, he, hold he on the clap. other day, yeah, 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 it was, yeah. Aaron Judge. I think it was Aaron Judge. Who is it?
1: Oh, what is his Michael name? K. Vicks is Michael K. K. That's right. Yes, yep, yeah,
0: yep,
1: yeah. And you feel so, bad so, uh, them, yeah. you know. And right. you know, I mean, that these things happen and whatnot, and and. You misidentify yeah. people that you you wish you hadn't, but uh, um, you can only do your best and uh, and uh, do what you can. I'll well, tell you Listen, yeah, go ahead. This, yeah. this happened yeah. in junior hockey. I was doing the game uh, by myself, right? So I'm all by my little old lonesome in this booth, and I'm no technician. I'm I set it up all myself. And there's um, uh, the Sudbury Wolves are on a power play, and Shot from the point is blocked. Our defenseman falls down. The Peterborough Pete has a breakaway from their blue line. When he got to center, I realized I had the wrong guy. So I passed the puck to the right guy, (laughs) and then I hope like hell that he missed because I didn't know how I would explain how could they not have got that assist? It was right there. (laughs) <laughs> That's the magic of radio. <laughs> uh,
0: well, God, that is for sure. I, I remember hearing stories about guys in the day uh, that the station, they couldn't get to the game in time or something like that, and they'd make up a – they're doing a baseball call, and they'd, you know, cr- crack their pen on their – oh, there's a hit. <laughs> and they're oh, making yeah. stuff up, and they try to call a game by using the box score. Okay, look, they got a –
1: I'm sure I I may have got play by play from my dad and I'll tell you why. Um my my grandfather uh was a telegraph operator for the CPR. And um and actually uh he went in and got the job because he said he would work for less money than Brian McFarland's dad. A, a little connection. <laughs> and so Brian McFarland's dad quit and then he went on to write all of the hardy boy mystery books so probably right. a good. Book. but my dad would go to his father and when the sudbury wolves were playing out of town they would on the telegraph they would get sort of a play-by-play of what was going on yeah. so-and-so scores at whatever yeah. time and my dad would run the information down to the local establishment where all of the yeah. guys were hanging around having beverages and he would read the play-by-play about, you know, who scored and all of this sort of stuff. So maybe that's where I got it from.
0: Came by it naturally. And that's quite a connection to Brian McFarlane's dad, who wrote the Hardy Boy book oh, yeah, by, yeah, uh, yeah, under yeah, the McFar- pseudonym.
1: McFarlane's, McFarlane's really upset at our family for yeah. gouging, <laughs> gouging down the amount of money that my yeah. grandfather would accept yeah. for the same job.
0: Oh Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, your grandfather awful, played a role in that. Yeah, 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 I think it worked out okay. I don't think there's, they're complaining at all. Uh, yeah, you, we saw a little, little bit of uh, Jimmy Ralph there. You've worked with some real characters over the year. You have Bill Waters, Harry Neal, Jimmy Ralph. Tell us about, uh, well, let's start, let's start with Waters. What, were you, what do you remember about working with Bill? There's, well, since Jimmy's there, let's talk about Jimmy.
1: Yep, okay. You're right. I, I've been really blessed. Um, and and the, best, the best part about the associations I've had with the people that you mentioned and others is that they're very knowledgeable about the sport, very knowledgeable. But the best part, I think, is that all of them have had a self-effacing sense of humor, uh, enjoyed uh, the fun part of the sport. Um, Jimmy Ralph is uh, obviously uh, the Bob Euchre of hockey, Uh, the, the all time, uh, minor league goalie that never got a chance to play in the NHL, uh, and and yet uh, his self-effacing style of humor uh, just makes our broadcast. It really does. And we're also the I've been blessed too this way too, Joe. Is that if either of us makes a mistake, God don't pave over it. We just jump all over each other, right? You know, and just <laughs> and, and and good-naturedly get it done. And, and no, one, no one's feelings are hurt. No, there's no, uh, no animosity or anything of that nature. Uh, but th- that's been th- uh, just terrific. Harry Neal was exactly the same. I did a lot of games with Harry. We're dear friends. I, uh, we, we talk at least twice a week. Um, and, and the thing with Harry was that he spent a lot of time reading and loved to read. And he would read these books, quotes, the famous quotes from whatever. But it had absolutely nothing to do with hockey. But Harry wanted to get it into the game somehow. So it was sort of like playing volleyball. He wanted he wanted to uh, <laughs> throw the ball up so he could spike it with, uh, with his one-liner. So he would oftentimes ask me, okay, you got to ask me about Roger Nielsen's tie tonight. Okay, so I, I mean, we never <laughs> talk about it normally, but Harry had a line he wanted to get in and it had something to do with dress or whatever. So, but the, the, the best one, the absolute best one. we are in New Jersey, as they opened up the new Prudential Center, we might've been the second game in the new rink, right in downtown picturesque Newark, New Jersey. And Harry says to me, you've got to ask me about the building. All right, so first stop at the <laughs> I asked him, I said, what do you think of the new building, the Prudential Center, right here in downtown Newark, New Jersey, Harry? Oh, unbelievable, he says. It's just unbelievable. He said, the amenities for the fans are second to none. Great sight lines, wonderful building. He said, the best part about it is that the players were practice. They just drive here. They can walk from their regular dressing room just to the practice rink that is
0: attached
1: to the building. And then came the zinger. And he says, and. Show. it's the only arena in the National Hockey League with a shot clock both inside and outside the building.
0: <laughs>
1: and I lost it. We couldn't get it back. I was howling. And you, you know when you're, you you got the headset on, the truck is in one ear, and Mark Askin would open his key to try and talk to me, all you he could hear was the truck in complete state of... Disruption and howly laughter. So anyway, we went. I we went two or three minutes. I couldn't get it back. I'm giggling and laughing like a hyena. And finally, we do at the end of the period. There's another. <laughs> Could I speak with Mister Neal, please. Seems that the New Jersey Devils broadcast was not done that night, and our show was going through the building. <laughs> And Lou Lavarello didn't find the line as funny as I did. And so he wanted to talk to Mr. Neal. That's <laughs> nah, probably one of the reasons we got kicked off the charter when Lou came here.
0: <laughs> so Lou, Lou held the grudge, did he? Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know, no, but Lou didn't have the broadcasters travel in New Jersey. The happiest people in the world is when he came to Toronto where the broadcasters for the Devils because they got on the charter to get to fly around with the team.
0: Well, you know, what, what are the odds that you, you guys are going to be on that one broadcast that, uh, that the, the Devils are picking up? And mm-hmm. <laughs> here he comes well, up with that line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: that, that was <laughs> priceless, absolutely priceless.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, and what a, what a, I mean, we me teamed up, up with some great guys. I mean, Bill, Bill's a walking encyclopedia. You know, Neil's funny, uh, as funny as they come dry. And, and Jimmy, same thing. Like, Jimmy is hilarious. I mean, his stand up yeah. is, 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 is second to none. I mean, he's, he he, he he's, really he's, is he's, a
1: Bob Eucher of, of hockey. He really is. And, yeah, and, and Walter, yeah. Walter was a walking encyclopedia. He really was. I mean, he has a photographic memory. And you you could sit in a bar with Wilbur and win money before we had cell phones and Google and everything else. And someone would say, well, "Yeah, the you know the the '82 draft. Uh, who who did the St. Louis Blues take in the second round?" And uh, Wilbur, the Pentium processor would start to whiz and smoke. would start coming out his ears. And he'd go, oh yeah, okay, that was the Wickenheiser draft, and so they took that, and that, and he'd come up with the name. Now, none of us could sit there and say, ah, that's wrong because we didn't. Yeah, fact
0: check, it. fact check.
1: But you, <laughs> you, yeah, you'd go the next day. Jesus, he's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's something else. Yeah, quite quality. Now, listen, you've you you've had some good guys to work with, but you've won multiple awards, uh, including the George Gross Award in twenty thirteen. And we actually have a, a clip from that, uh, Vic, if you can roll that. There's two things you can't teach in broadcasting. One is a great set of pipes which Joe show has in an abundance and passion.
1: You know, he's never taken no for an answer, and he's worked his way from Sudbury doing junior hockey games to basketball games and working in Nova Scotia, then coming here to Toronto just to see, you know, all the hard work that he's put in has finally paid off for him. Present the 2013 Sports Media Canada George Gross Award for Outstanding Sports Broadcasting
0: to Joe Bone. And uh, how did that well, feel well, to I- receive the award from from Johnny?
1: I'm just going to say that Joey, um, we lost him and Nancy uh, this past year. She just passed away. Just uh, but. John Bauer was my idol, and uh, three, my three biggest idols in sport: John Bauer, Willie Mays, <clears throat> excuse me, and Bart Starr. And two, I've I've met two of them. Um, i would never met uh, Bart Starr, but uh, uh, the the thing about John Bauer was that. He was better than you could possibly have ever expected. Uh, I'll never forget the very first time that I I met him uh, was after my dad had passed away. Jimmy Hines, a friend of my father's, brought my mom and I to my very first NHL game. And um, because Jimmy was uh, very good friends with George Armstrong and was quote unquote George's financial advisor before there were agents. Um, right. I was brought in for a tour of the dressing room and got to meet, uh, all of the 1966 Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, when I shook John's hand, I couldn't talk. I mean, it was just, just stargazing. And then the next time I met John was when I was doing wolves games and we got to, uh, uh, Oshawa, and the fellow who was doing color with me had arranged for an interview. He said, "I got somebody to come up to talk with you during the first period of intermission." I said, "Oh, who, who's that?" He said, "Johnny Bauer." I said, "Get away!" And he was there scouting. He came up, and that's when I really got a chance to talk with him. And of course, when I came to Toronto, uh, he was one of the very first people to congratulate me, and uh, a, a really uh, close friendship. Uh, blossomed from, from that point with he and his family and John Jr. and John Jr. Jr. Uh, and, uh, and everything. And so um, a very, very special man and someone who is very, very dear, near and dear to my heart. And when he passed, I was so very honored that the family asked that I emcee, um the uh, funeral service that they had at the Air Canada Center at that, at that time. It, um, it meant a great deal to me. Uh, And I still get choked up thinking about him uh, because of what tremendous individual he was. I mean, you would go, you hear of athletes that, you know, all right, we'll do a card signing and I'm gonna be here for 15 minutes. And by God, when that clock strikes 15, they're gone. John will sit there. And if the line went out and around the building, he wouldn't leave until everyone got an autograph or at least a moment. John Bauer and too many, uh, I, I think other athletes, many athletes should take a little note from that.
0: You know, uh, yeah, a friend of Robin, he uh, a good friend of Johnny's as well, took took Johnny to uh, PEI, he's placed in PEI. And it was, it was I, I'm pretty sure he signed the autograph of every person in town, a sign autograph for every person and, in town. They were lined also, up forever and he signed them all. I also
1: think Joe, John Bauer, has, or uh, someone, ha- every good-looking woman anywhere in Canada has probably got a picture with John Bauer.
0: <laughs> he never said no. No, he but he never said no to, to anybody. Much
1: to the chagrin of Nancy, who used to get on his case a little bit, but Johnny was so good to, the, the, to all of the fans. It really was, and and uh, uh, really outgoing.
0: Yeah, amazing. And uh, like you said, he just the... Uh, a quality individual humble you know and just has time for everybody and and nobody was ever you know he was never too good for anybody and, and just uh, yeah and like you said there's a lot of athletes who could take you know take that yeah. he's in a different hall of fame
1: he really is
0: for sure for sure so uh after a couple of years after uh after the george gross award uh you were honored for reaching uh the 3000 game mark uh that puts you in very select company. Uh, what was it like to reach that, that number, 3,000?
1: You know, uh, uh, you mentioned Paul uh, who's helping you with some of these videos and whatnot. Um, he, uh, we were getting close to that. And I, I wondered, I, I said to myself, gosh, you know, I've been here a while and 3,000 is a pretty substantial number. So I wonder how many games Foster Hewitt did. And God bless Paul, but he went through all of the, back in the day, there used to be in the newspaper, not TV listings, but radio listings, right? What was on the radio stations that night? Because everybody wanted to, you know, uh, the Arthur Godfrey show was going to be on or uh, something else was going and then the hockey game. So he went back to try and figure out how many games were broadcast, start with, and how many games Foster would have done. and. He came up with something that it was like twenty six hundred games that Boston would have done, and I thought, oh, gosh, I've been, I'm not, I'm not here as long as he was. But back in those days, they would do one game a week, right? They, it was Saturday night hockey night in Canada was on the radio, so they didn't broadcast every game, and uh, uh, so that was I, I, I was really quite humbled by that to think, my gosh, I've been in his chair. And done more games than than he did when we got to that market at, at three thousand, so that was that was very humbling um and uh and gratifying obviously that I was able to to uh, stuck around because I kind of thought after what I had said to and Bramson, I might have got the one day audition <laughs> the next day. <laughs>
0: Well it's interesting you bring up uh, uh Foster Hewitt because you know the following 2018 you were honored by the Hockey Hall of Fame with the uh, Foster Hewitt Award uh for excellence in broadcasting. Uh there aren't a lot of people Joe that get to uh, put on that Hall of Fame fame blazer. Uh how'd that feel for the kid from uh Sudbury?
1: Well that's that's the penultimate I guess uh, Joey without any question it was uh Extremely gratifying, and especially with people that have gone before that have won that award. And Ostra Hewitt, obviously it's named after, Danny Gallivan, uh, Dan Kelly, uh, we talked about Harry Neal, um, and and all of the people that have gone before. Uh, Renee Doucette, um, uh, Dick Irvin, um, just um, a who's who of broadcasting, um, and you know and I, I, I tend to think that you if you can hang around long enough they have to put you somewhere. And so that's probably what, what did it. But you know, I, I I've enjoyed every minute. I every time I I go to the rink early when there's no one around and if I have a quiet moment and I'll sit down and I, I just say to myself, you know, how fortunate you are to be doing this and for doing it for this team, for this fan base. Uh, And for this long, Um, the last real job I had was before I uh, got the summer job at CKSO. I was 5,000 feet underground at uh, International Nickel Hard Rock Mining in Sudbury and didn't like that very much and was glad that I spent a little more time on my studies to make sure I didn't have to go back to that. But um, it's very gratifying. It's humbling. Um, I have two grandkids now that I can kind of take to the Hockey Hall of Fame and say, hey, there's grandpa there. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's, which is kind of neat grandpa couldn't play worth a damn but they stuck him somewhere that's really nice anyway
0: <laughs> Oh, you could play a little bit i can vouch for that uh a long way from ckso that's for sure no doubt about that so uh let's talk about this year's team i'm sure you've had a lot of years where you thought uh you know this is a, a least team that could go a long way if not all the way uh what how does this team compare to uh To those previous teams that especially the last few years when they've come when they haven't got a chance they haven't got out of the first round what what Uh, separates this team from those teams
1: there's there's no question this is this group is the most talented uh, that I've ever been associated with Um, 93 with Gilmore and company was a gritty gritty group that pushed and 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 battled through everything and then unfortunately with the Uh, A bad call, and uh, L.A. ends up
0: Mm.
1: uh, losing to the L.A. Kings and don't get to the Stanley Cup final. Um, Matt Sundin and the group that Pat Quinn put together was a real talented group as well, but we ran into all kinds of injuries and then ended up uh, getting upset by the Carolina Hurricanes. So those are the two teams previous to this group that I really thought had a chance uh, to go into the Stanley Cup final and this team is is as talented it's they've added the physicality that i think was lacking in teams a couple of teams previous to this and i've often said and i've been talking leaf fans off the ledge here for the last uh number of months and and you can probably vote for this as much as anyone too that. Mental toughness, which is really required in in this postseason. It's a grind. It is a physical grind, whether it's a physical game where there's a lot of banging and bashing, or just every other day you have to have your best going. So it's that mental toughness that pushes teams through series and on to Stanley Cup playoffs. And many teams don't have it happen until something drastic happens. And last year's loss to the Montreal Canadiens, I think, was as bitter a pill uh, as anybody could swallow. Now, yeah, they've had their Boston situations and they had the Columbus one, but this was uh, really something that was heavily favored and didn't do it. But you think of some of the teams that have gone through that. The New York Islanders with Bossy and Trotje and company. They lost to Toronto before they got started. Lanny McDonald scoring an overtime in game seven. The Edmonton Orders with Gretzky and Company and all of their cups that they won, they got doused by the Los Angeles Kings in the miracle mm-hmm. on Manchester Street when they blew a huge lead in the third period. And you think, whoa, the Tampa Bay Lightning are two time uh, Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, they won the President's Trophy as the best team in the league and got swept in four straight. So that mental toughness is not something that a coach can coach or a textbook can teach. It has to be stuffed down your collective throats. And by collective, I mean the core. The core of the team has to have this happen to them. Now, there's no guarantees. There never is. And now the Leafs are going to be in against a two-time Stanley Cup champion. And the, uh, the last time that there was back-to-back-to-back to back to back was back in the 80s. So this is a, a t- it's a tough chore for them to maintain that mental toughness, and I'm speaking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, but it's something that the Maple Leafs have to draw upon. uh, And that is the bitter disappointment from a year ago, the mental toughness, and if they get past one round, then I think it's just going to be like having a load of stone taken off your shoulder, because uh, there'll be obviously a great deal of pressure from this community, the fan base, the management, everybody, and more, more importantly, the collective group inside that dressing room putting pressure on one another. But hopefully, it will be positive reinforcement and something that they can get through and get by. And if they do,
0: then let's uh, see what happens after that. Yeah, you make an excellent point. You know, like we had Jimmy Jimmy Devolano on the show, and he talked about the fact that you know the Islanders needed to lose to the Leafs. You know, the the Red Wings needed to to have those. To, to, there's disappointments before they can become the, the dynasty that they became. And, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's part of the growth process. It's very painful, but it's part of, part of that process. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, you, you got a chance to call, a, a, uh, a make a call just recently this past week, uh, that you, uh, have never get a chance to make before. And it's, uh, that was, uh, Austin Matthews, big night. Let's have a listen.
1: Matthews trying to corral it to keep it in. Just did. Top of the circle. Scores! Austin Matthews, number 60.
0: How cool is that?
1: You know what? It's been a thrill. I've called every one of this young man's goals. And uh, his opening night was sort of so-so. I don't think people remember <laughs> that. much. <laughs> and you know, one of, the things, one of the things I have to thank Lou Amorello for, Joey, is this. On that opening night, we weren't, he had kicked us off the charter, so we weren't flying with the team. Who would leave right after the game and fly home? Well, we couldn't. So we, uh, after the game, we uh, went back to our hotel and went down to the uh, bar, which is not uncommon. And uh, who do we meet in the bar but Austin Matthews' parents? And the technology that was now available, I phoned the radio station and said, could you please send me, email me, the four clips of his four goals, because I would like to give them to his parents. Well, we sat in the bar and listened to the four calls that I made on Austin Matthews' opening night, and they were in tears and they were so appreciative. And it was such a special moment to spend with the people who had sacrificed so much for a young man's career. And, and the older that you get, uh, the one of the great things that uh, had been instituted over the years has been the, the, the father's trips where you got to meet the guys mm-hmm. who got up at six in the morning to get Junior to the rink and uh, temperatures that were, awful and whatnot and the sacrifices that families make for these kids and you realize when you meet the the child the athlete you realize after meeting the parents why they are like they are humble hard-working diligent uh goal-oriented everything that you can think about an athlete comes from the upbringing and uh it's uh it was really a, a very special, special moment. And the 60 goals, absolutely. I mean, I, I thought he would score 60, you know, When, but I did Rick Vives, uh, three of his 50-goal seasons. And um, one of the great things about this year and all of these records and all of these things that Matthews has done and the team has done, some wonderful names from the past are getting recognized again, as they should. And I firmly believe that Rick Vive's number should be up in the rafters at Scotiabank Arena as well. But it was great to see that as it's being encompassed into this new season. And uh, what a talent, Uh, Austin Matthews is just an amazing talent and the drive that he has, that he has for improving himself as an athlete, as a human being, as a leader, as a teammate, can do nothing but enhance how the Maple Leafs are going to do uh, not only this year, but in seasons to come. He is a, a, just a, what you see is what you get. He is a tremendous, tremendous young man and his parents are very proud of him as well. They should. And we should be very proud of his parents because they did a wonderful job raising him.
0: And another thing about Austin too, is he's playing a more physical game this, this, this year. He's playing a a tougher game. He's, uh, you know, he did get that suspension for that cross-check. But that cross-check t- said to me and to other fans, you're not messing with me anymore. I'm not just no, going to no. stand that, here and take crap. That said a message.
1: It sure did. And, and yeah. good for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, we've, we've been on a bit of a, a campaign about how he doesn't draw penalties. Well, he's too big. He doesn't fall down. Well, I don't care. He's getting slashed and hacked and everything else. Meanwhile, Connor McDavid uh, had like 48 or fifty some odd uh, penalties drawn on him, and Austin Matthews was three hundred and fifty eighth down the list. And you went, you know, he has the puck a lot, <laughs> and it, we don't we don't get penalties drawn on him. It's uh, that's somewhat bizarre. But then he's not the guy that whines, right? You don't right, hear him right. whining about this, that, and anything else, and you don't see him whining on the ice. And Lord knows there's enough whiners on the ice that you could see. And uh, our, our very good friend Wayne Gretzky was one of the great whiners of our time when he was playing.
0: You can't do that to me. You can't do that to no, me. No, uh, no, damn. <laughs> you
1: know,
0: so, uh, yeah, they're a the great group of kids. And, you know, my, my, my wife is a huge Leafs fan. She's fallen in love with this team. Uh, just a, a fun group of kids. They're fun to watch, and, and uh, you know, there's. A, I can see a, like a, them attracting a lot of a lot of new fans to this team. But I want to talk about. Um, you got a chance. You haven't got a chance to call a championship for the Leafs yet. Maybe this year, but you did get a chance to call some championships uh, for the Toronto Rock. And here's a Joe Bowen classic from the 2000 final against Rochester.
1: Told from outside, Doyle is up high and gets the ball. Second left. Fires his hat trick. It's 14-13 Toronto.
0: What a moment that was. How cool is that?
1: Last game played at the grand old lady on Carlton Street. And I win a lot of money in bars, Joe. I <laughs> asked people who scored the last goal at Maple Leafs. And
0: right. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. Oh, wasn't that Bob Prok? No, no. No, no, no! It was Caleb. Caleb, Cove. Caleb Cove. Uh, I, you know what? Bill Waters and his uh, Aurelia Mafia group that uh, bought the the Rock and and brought them. I'll never forget Mark Askin and myself and Paul Hendrick. He asked us if we would do the games and Molestar, who we worked for doing TV, was in on the package deal as well. And we, I, I, to be honest with you, I had never obviously broadcast a, a lacrosse game and hadn't seen uh, one really, a pro league one. Uh, never played it in high school or anything of that nature. So we got, Wilbur got us the tape of the NLL final from the year before and we're in, I think we were in Florida in a hotel room playing this thing. And I went, oh my God, this sport is ridiculous and so we started doing these games and uh, fortunately i had brian shanahan uh brendan's brother doing color with me and literally teaching me the game joe it's not a racket it's a stick (laughs) and i and but fell in love with it and the players fell in love with our coverage because this was the first time that it was on a national program or uh, being televised at all. And, of course, the gardens was just jammed, and uh, the atmosphere was just terrific. And, uh, I mean, what kind of a sport would let Paul Hendrick walk out during a TV timeout and talk to the damn goalie in the middle of the game? <laughs> there's there's whipper watson talking with paul i'm going who would do that <laughs> but they they loved the coverage the coverage uh really built a, a following and uh we had a lot of fun after that game i had to jump on uh the subway and roar down to the air canada center because the leafs had a playoff game that night too <laughs> i was double dipping which was nice <laughs>
0: Well, what a job too oh my God that's fantastic and good on Paul for having the the coyonas to 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 go right on to oh, yeah. the, on oh, the floor he, and, and he, talk he, to Whippers. on the
1: floor walking around talking to whoever he wanted to and, and they
0: loved it you know they loved it yeah, and they loved the yeah.
1: variety and the the publicity and everything else
0: yeah it's a great game it really is for sure um i I want to talk before we go about the the kids in the neighborhood uh you were at a function last summer when, when Rod Black's son Tyler was drafted by the Brewers in the first round. Now, we had Rod and Ken on the show recently, uh, Ken Shaw, right after, right after that, that happened. Uh, let's first look at the, the clip, and then I want to get you to comment on
1: it. Here's some of the carnage left over behind me there. That's, <laughs> that was a, a late night with my boys and my daughter and my family and our friends. It was, uh, it was special, really special, really cool.
0: Well, I noticed that. Well, we have uh, we have. uh, Vic found a tweet from Joe Bowen that Joe Bowen posted last night of that nice uh, socially distanced. uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Joe. Here we go. Here's the announcement. Yeah, Yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: Well, we were all vaccinated, so that's good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know what? This is this is a you know special times call for special celebrations. And let's face it. I mean, you know, your your son is drafted. Well, really, in the first round, uh, and again, the compensatory picks in the first round, thirty third overall, highest drafted Canadian. And uh, you know, this is this is phenomenal. Phenomenal, Joe. What uh, was it? Phenomenal it
1: really was. Um you know, uh, my son David uh, and Tyler played hockey a little bit together, but uh played baseball uh all the way through from t ball uh right up uh until uh peewee. Um and because I really had the summers off and loved playing baseball myself, I coached all of their teams. I coached all of my four boys and uh one of the great things, Bob Nicholson, who is with the Wizard Foundation and does a big draft for uh, Special Olympics and, and very much, was in the front office of the Toronto Blue Jays, was vice president with Paul Beeston back in the days, back in the late 80s. And I was doing this draft for him, and he said, Joe, what can we do you know, for you for doing this? I said, you know what? When you come back from uh, Dunedin one of these years, put one of those jugs pitching machines in a bag. Laughingly. Well, don't they do it? And it's the best toy I ever got because we would take that pitching machine down to Crosby Park in Unionville, plug it in, and Tyler and David would bring their buddies or teammates or whatever, and we would have batting practice and we would hit balls. And then we would play a little game called Danish Rounders that my grade six teacher, Mr. Anderson, taught us to play, where you could only need a 10 kids maybe to play and uh, the pitching machine. And I was the pitcher in a circle. And um, you had to throw the ball to me. And if the runners didn't have their foot on a base, they were out. And if you ended up being three out and you had four batters and the last guy had to hit a home run to keep the inning going, but it moved the game, moved the game, but everybody got to hit. And everybody, uh, the, the fright, I suppose, of having someone throw the ball at you wasn't there because this machine was grooving the ball, and Tyler Black fell in love with baseball and literally wanted. He was the guy that wanted to play baseball all the time, and uh, uh, so he played shortstop. My son David played second base. Um, we had some really good uh, teams. We didn't win every tournament. Not a, we won a few, but one of the things I had, and it was Tyler Black that uh, got us there. I got T-shirts made for everybody that. We play Sundays. We always got to uh. Sunday. Didn't always end up playing late in the afternoon on Sunday, but we always got to Sunday. And he was a a, a real special talent. And uh, then went on to to play with the um, you know the the junior teams around here, and then getting a scholarship, and then a very big day uh, being drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers. So we're really looking forward to him. Then my son David. Uh, and his teammates who uh, there was a, a core of about five or six guys that were always together uh, are keeping tabs on him as he uh, goes through the minors.
0: No doubt about it. Next big party is when uh, Tyler makes it to the big leagues.
1: Oh yeah. We're going uh, to George, get the most home and head yeah. down for that. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Now listen, um, we, uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. This has been fantastic. Uh, it's everything I, <laughs> I hoped it would be, my friend. You do, I know you do a lot of charity work. You do a lot of uh, great things in the game and and uh, around it. Absolute pleasure having you on, and and hopefully we'll get a call from uh, Joe Bowen this summer, announcing the Stanley Cup champion, Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: Can you can you imagine that, Joey? If it happens, the parade will start in Timmins.
0: <laughs> it will be unbelievable. unbelievable. We thought the Jays was big. We thought the Raptors was big. When the Leafs win, it's going to be unbelievable. Sure will and it, it'll happen. All right. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it, it's been an absolute pleasure, Joe. And, and uh, good uh Good luck this summer. We'll see you soon. Thanks,
1: Thanks Joey. Me. Thank
0: you very much. Good seeing you. Good seeing you. More sports when we come back. More Joe Tilly's great Canadian sports show coming up after the break.
1: going a drive deep to center field. Hicks on the run. Out the truck. at the wall, And that is gone. Swinging a drive deep left field. Get out.
0: For game. And Vlade has
1: done it again! Back into the second deck.
0: Guests on Joe Tilly Sports receive a gift certificate from Classica Imports. Top of the line, imported men's clothing. Check out the Classica Essential Collection now. Go to shopclassica.com. Hey, this is Tommy Grazley, a.k.a. Tommy Gunn. I love two things, music and sports. And when I want sports, I go to the Joe Tilly Show. He gives me everything I want. It's a great show. Check it out for yourself. Joe Tilly Sports, coming up. Good night. When I'm working out, I like to wear my Joe Tilly's Great Canadian Sports Show t-shirt. It makes me feel handsome and strong. If you want a t-shirt, support the show. Click on the link below. Now, back to my workout. 1,761. Uh, 1,762. 1,763. One thousand seven hundred sixty-four. Addiction Rehab Toronto. Toronto's number one alcohol and drug treatment center. Saving lives, reuniting families. The only treatment center in the province to offer medical detox, treatment, sober living, and lifetime aftercare all in one place. Our unique and specialized programs are designed to equip our clients with the tools to successfully lead a life of dignity, respect, and purpose. Let us help save your life or your loved one's life. Call today for more information or to facilitate an intervention. one 787 787 or visit addictionrehabtoronto.ca. Joe Tilly Sports is brought to you by COSA, Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, providing a united voice for harness horse people racing at Ontario tracks. Check out your benefits today at COSAonline.com and check out COSA TV on Facebook and YouTube for all the latest harness news and live action updates. Live racing year-round. Go to HPIbet.com for all your wagering options, become a member today, and your first bet is free. That's HPIbet.com. Slow play. It's a slippery slope. First you go looking for that lost ball, and then everything goes sideways. There are a lot of golfers on the course. Make certain of your point of entry, Look quickly and move on. Remember, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Find anything, Bob? Not yet. Visit moregolf.ca today. You'll find everything a golfer could need from balls, gloves, and clubs, to custom fitting opportunities and training gear. Go to moregolf.ca and get $20 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Just enter the promo code JT Sports. Yes, it's time for my Cosa Swiss pick of the week. Last week I went to Mohawk for Thursday night's second race. Ontario Sired Spring Series for three-year-old Phillies. I took better double flip and the betting public agreed. She went off as a favorite, but she got boxed in along the rail, never found any room. Wild's cat star with Trevor Henry driving for Tim Chapman, rung up her fourth straight win. The six three exact return thirty-three dollars and twenty cents. This week. I'm going back to Mohawk for Monday night's preferred trot. a purse of $36,000. Oni Hall owned the field last time out, but I'm taking a look at the number six horse, Dream Nation, driven by Scott Young, who waited a tad too long last week, but I think she's got the ability to win at this level. I also like this 167 Exacta box. Time to get that bankroll back up there. For all the racing updates, visit COSA TV on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to hpibet.com for your wagering options. And here we go. This is the excellent sports adventure brought to you by Lycom. Now, statistically speaking, this is the best Maple Leafs team that we've seen. Now let's see what they can do in the real season. The lightning will be no soft touch. Obviously, the Bolts are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions with an incredible goaltender. But they've looked pretty average down the stretch, and they might be a tad tired after going the distance in back to back years. The Leafs will be ready. Jack Campbell will rise to the occasion, and home ice will be the difference. I like the Buds to bury the bolts in a very difficult seven games. No team has ever rallied from 3 0 down in a series in the NBA. Still, the Raptors gave it a shot. They rallied to win a pair of games to make it interesting, but in the end, Losing Scotty Barnes hurt. What a year for Barnes, the NBA's top rookie. But that game game three collapse by the Raps was just too much to overcome. And when Fred VanVleet was knocked out of the series, well, that was just too much to ask for the Dinos. But give Joel Embiid and company credit. They rose to the occasion. The Raps did not, but they will be back. The Blue Jays' bullpen has been excellent so far, and so has their starting pitching. What a blessing Alec Manoa has been, allowing three harmless hits in his last start as the Bluebirds took three out of four from the rival Red Sox. The 24-year-old right-hander is a perfect four in all of the season. Dating back to last year when he joined the big club, the Jays have gone 20-4 and in games that Manoa has started. They've also won their last 12 Manoa starts. That ties a club record held by Jimmy Key and Jay Happ. The other guy on the other side is pretty good. He's doing pretty good, great arm. And so I knew it was going to be a close game. And so I knew there wasn't going to be any room for her, but you know, Manoa does what Manoa has been doing. I believe he's won his eight last starts or something. So, I mean, he's been great. So I feel so good when he's on the mound that that I wasn't going to get any, that was his game. There was nobody warming up. Simber there at the end a little bit, but that was his game to go with seven innings and he did great. He's fun to watch. He believes in himself. He, he's got it, you know? And, and He's a good teammate, too. He's like, he's, he's pulling for his teammates. Let's go, you, you know, and, and, and the guys are hitting and he's yelling from the bench. All right, he, you know, it's it's talking the whole game. There's a big pro boxing show coming up May 7th at Red Owl Performance Center in Brampton. Zolt Duranier faces Flavio Michel for the vacant Canadian welterweight title. Scarborough's Justin Gandoza puts his 14-0 record on the line. Bonnie Hunter and Methusen Mahindas will also fight on that card. The show will air live on Buzz TV. Well, John Mechie heard his name called in the NFL draft on day two. The Brampton native started at wide receiver for the Alabama Crimson Tide. He was picked 44th overall by the Houston Texans. And I just happened to be in Vegas on draft day and caught up with a Cowboys fan. All right, we are. It's draft day in the NFL. I'm here with G, and obviously, G, you're a Cowboys fan. <laughs> what do the Cowboys need in this big draft we got coming up here? What well, well, well. the, the Cowboys need, what need, need to do, do is, is they need to win. win. That's the first I've thing heard they heard need to do, do. If they need to win. And, uh, and uh,
1: the, second the second thing, thing they need to do is, is they, need they need to win. win. And the and third the thing
0: they, they need to do is this, this is great the great they need to win. You know what the Cowboys needed to do? They need to win. They need to win. All right, thanks, G. Thank you. you. Yes, they need to win. Riley Wielden captured the final Canadian Tour qualifying tournament in Courtney, B.C. The 31-year-old Canuck won by five shots going away. Now, here's the shot of the week. God
1: damn it. Four!
0: All right, here's Penn Clara. This is the uh... two-back four. This is the uh, tin cup hole. Uh, two buck.
1: She has to fly the trees.
0: just to fly just the trees, really clear now. the water, and land it on the green. Here we go. Oh. Well, she could go under the trees too. that That's another way. People would have gone for it, <laughs> I thought I'd lay up. <laughs> God damn it. Four! Four! Today's environmental tip, keep your drinks in reusable containers. Instead of buying individually packaged drinks, consider buying a bulk container for your favorite beverage and buy a reusable bottle. Not only will this help the environment, but it will also help you save money. RICOM, passionate people who turn complicated business problems into simplified technology solutions. For public and private sector real estate, properties, portfolios, and enterprise customers. Optimize and future-proof smart buildings from the ground up. The latest in fault locating, base building network design, managed services, cybersecurity, data analytics. Our fault detection will support all smart strategies, define projected outcomes for capital planning, and reduce environmental impact. RICOM, smart protection solutions, and RICOM, We're building a path to a smart and environmentally friendly future. We want to thank all the folks who make this show possible. These are friends, trusted business associates, and all-around great folks. I highly recommend them all. A reminder, the show is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcast, and Pocket Cast, as well as the Spanglish Network and Zingo TV. Also, please like and subscribe to the show on YouTube. It's free. All of our past great shows and clips are on there. Once again, thanks to Joe Bowen for being on the show. And thank you for watching. Join us next week when tennis legend Daniel Nestor drops by. We'll see you then. Joe Tilley's Great Canadian Sports Show is brought to you by Brian Griffin Insurance Planning helping you solidify your financial future. At BGIP, what we do that's unique in the marketplace is we show people how to spend and enjoy their money in the early years of retirement without the fear of running out.
1: Also, we're able to do this without you having to change financial advisors. Please look us up at bgip.ca
0: today. Let's book a 30-minute phone call to see how we can bring value to you and your family and your planning. Call Brian today for all your retirement needs. We did 905-686-5678. Do you want to buy or sell a home? Could 31 years of real estate experience help you? Why not speak to an amazing team that loves to overpromise and over-deliver? Aldo has a tremendous team of experts on staff. They are committed to making your next real estate transaction smooth and comfortable. Call 416-GET-ALDO or visit getaldo.com. MNP, a leading Canadian national accounting tax and business accounting firm. MNP proudly serves in response to the need of their clients in the private, public and nonprofit sectors. Through partner-led engagements, MNP provides a collaborative cost-effective approach to do business and personal strategies to help people and organizations to succeed across the country and around the world. With local offices in Oshawa, Mississauga, Burlington, and more. Their team is here to support you. Visit mnp.ca today to learn more. Yeah, it was good, Dave, Vic. I, I, sorry if I just, just reading your line.